It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Welcome back to another packed edition of Speed Streets, presented by Dirty Mo Media. Joey Molinaro, Ben Walt, Connor Daly. Hope your week's off to a great start. We have had a back-to-back weekends of just phenomenal, interesting, entertaining IndyCar racing. Week off coming up this weekend, um, but that's all in preparation for the return to the streets of Nashville again. Um, and things are starting to get wild. We got a championship race starting to heat up a little bit after Joseph Newgarden's big weekend, of course, in Iowa. We're going to touch on the whole weekend in Iowa. That full recap celebrates some television ratings because uh, we need to, and they were freaking awesome. Uh, let's tell you a little bit about Traverse City, kind of recap his weekend. And we have a really, really interesting, fun interview. Uh, with the driver of the 78 car for Yukos Hollinger Racing, Augustin Canapino. Um, he stopped by, and for over 20 minutes, we talk about his transition into America, the IndyCar, and the English. I mean, the things that this guy has taken on in his um, not even full year here in America is pretty insane, and, and he's doing a really, really good job. So great conversation with him there, but of course, got to start with Connor Daly. What's up, bro? How we feeling? Good, good. Feeling great uh fun weekend in iowa um and i i really really am excited about our interview uh in this episode uh great chat with uh with with angus jalapeno my favorite nickname uh augustine canapino uh argentinian driver uh just a guy that literally had to learn english this year so again if you if you find him a little bit hard to understand i understand that because we're americans we only hear america uh but it's it, please try to listen to it and and listen close because it's it he mentions a lot of great things about how different it is coming from Argentina you know the 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 state of their country and 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 how you know how how we are 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 doing here in America and how um you know what he thinks of being in this series the IndyCar series so great chat I have a lot of respect for this guy I I I I did not know him at all uh before this uh before this year and uh, I think it's a great interview that that true race fans will really appreciate how much, um, you know, how much he's dedicated, uh, you know, to, to to being an IndyCar driver. So great chat there. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, Joey, a lot of great things from the weekend. Um, Joseph Newgarden uh, literally slapped all of us in the face, uh, like honestly just made us look silly, made us look like a bunch of amateurs uh made us look like we uh need to all go back to oval racing class 
Um, him and really just Penske in general, they kind of made us all yeah, look silly. Big, so big weekend for those guys. Big weekend <laughs> for Joseph Newgarden. Um, couldn't even be happy after his first race win because he was mad at lap traffic. It's like, brother, you weren't even in our race. Like you weren't even you weren't in the A class. We were in the B class. So it was uh, it was funny to see that. Um, they've definitely found something there. And again, great. I mean, it, it it's 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 why. Penske is Penske. When, when they when they find what they have to be better than everyone else, they will execute at the highest level and destroy you because that's what Team Penske does. So it's the same with Ganassi when Alex Pillow wins by 15 seconds. It's like when they got it, they got it big, and they will they will destroy you. So pretty cool to to I guess see that it was very like Red Bull F1 esque dominance. And it just goes to show you that this series is not a spec series. This series is all about optimizing what you've got, the areas where you can be open in development, which is the damper programs, the the vast ranges of setup uh, configurations you can run. This is not a spec series. This is professional top-level auto racing where if your team finds a little bit of an answer or a big answer you know, you will be better than the other people because not everyone has all the same stuff. You got to figure out what's best for you and how to make it happen. So what did you think, Joey, of the two races in general? I mean, I, I can get into a little bit about what I what I experienced, um, but yeah, well, give, give, I mean, your, look, give your weekend an overall rating of, of what you thought of the racing. It, it, look, I mean, we all, we all know this, we all discuss this, but I mean, if you're not just absolutely glued to some short oval car <laughs> racing, then you're just doing it wrong, you know? I agree. Um, so so for me, uh, like I said before last weekend, I was on a bachelor party in Traverse City, and I had I had both races on each day. Uh, well, Saturday I had it on, and then Sunday we were driving back, so I was listening to it. But Saturday I had um, the, the qualifications and the race on, and I was just spreading the good gospel, you know? I had I had a lot of fellow, fellow guys up there who were – you know, uh, well, I'm an Indy 500 fan. I said, no, no, okay, we, that's fine. We we oh. love that. That's that's fine. But you're going to be a fan of all this other stuff too because it's awesome. And I'm going to introduce you to it. And I'm going to make sure you know about it. And so I had it on, and there was a lot of intrigue. There was a lot of questions. There was a lot of oh, I didn't know that. Oh wow, they're you know this is cool. Like the you know the short oval, there's passing and it's entertaining. I'm like yeah, there's way more other racing. So I was spreading the good gospel. Um, so it was just great, man. I mean, I look forward to that weekend every year. I want to go out there so badly next year, eventually, to be a part of it um, because it looked great on TV, not only for the racing, but, I mean, the you know, the, the crowds looked packed. He had great concerts. I mean, Ed Sheeran was there. What was the, the vibe and the scene like there in person? Yeah, vibes are solid, and I think the, the good thing about Iowa – and it is interesting to look at. Even though Joseph took brass knuckles to everyone's faces and all of their vital organs, um, because there's so much overtaking and because there's there's so much battling going on throughout the field, whether it's 10th to 15th or 5th to 9th, um, even 15th to 20th, like all these positions are also super important. And you have the, the, the great part about this series is you've got drivers spread out among the whole field. And I actually thought the most interesting part was how different qualifying was too. You had some guys, you know, with a bad first lap, myself included, because I'm still learning about this car 
And then our second lap, massively better. And so you had some people starting at the front for race one and then at the yeah. back for race two because their tires fell off and vice versa. They didn't get enough of it out of, out of lap one and they're starting further forward in race two. Like Ed Carpenter was a perfect example. Ed Carpenter started fourth for, for Sunday. And that was after Saturday where he got, where like they obviously had a bit of a struggle there. I'm not going to say much about that situation, but it was a struggle, right? So you go from, oh boy, It yikes, was so much to- of a struggle. It was so much of a struggle, Connor, that when I was listening to the starting lineup for Sunday and Ed Carpenter was fourth, I was like, holy shit, didn't even honestly realize that he was racing but that, this That's weekend. the exciting part about this race, right? Like you can create right. an opportunity for yourself to start up front um, and, and, and the qualifying balances are much different than the race balances. Like, it's just, you, you might be able to survive for two laps. Like you can put down force in that thing. Just make that sucker turn for two laps and keep your yeah. foot in it. Don't die. Don't crash. But the way these tires go off at Iowa is like nothing I've ever experienced in my career. I mean, you are saving your life the whole race essentially. And even Joseph Newgarden, the, inter- the interesting thing about like Joseph Newgarden and Scott McLaughlin, Scott McLaughlin at the end of race two, right? They had dominated all weekend. But boy, Scott yeah. ran off his tires a little bit more than other people. And that last restart, Scott was he even was- saving his life. And that was in a Penske car that literally was out there defecating on the rest of all the cars. You know what I mean? It was it was something yeah. that just goes to show you how how incredible this tire wear was. So it, it was a very interesting weekend, the way things played out, to, to see how people uh, started the, the day, started the races, started the qualifying runs, and then how they finished the runs was, was, was outstanding, uh, just the differences there. And, you know, for me personally, to get into my, my weekend a little bit, you know, coming into a new team that I, that I have not driven on an oval for, a, a new situation, you know, they had been used to having – uh, Simon Pagano is their driver, right? And Simon, they tested with Simon. They went with Simon. Simon and I, turns out, very different drivers. We require very <laughs> different things from the car. And I, I just, I, I've been trying to let people know because, again, if you look at our, uh, look at the results, right? That's not awesome, right? We finished like I think twenty first, seventeenth was great on on day two. Um, but this is a situation where. Uh, I, I, and I and there there's not many things to compare to because it, it's hard to, I guess there's not many substitute situations where a driver gets in and it's like uh, they've been driving in one area for the last several years where they've gotten used to something and try to, you know, build your experience and build something in a situation that has been it's like repetition, repetition. You get used to it. You get used to it. You get used to it. You try to make that situation better. And then you get dumped into another one, and it's like, whoa, this is a whole different situation. It's like I, I try to compare driving for different teams to, like, if if you if you gave a professional basketball player a regular basketball, right? They've been playing with that their whole life, boom, shooting threes, shooting twos. But now you got to give them a basketball that's made of tinfoil. Or you're going to give them a basketball that's made out of, um, I don't know, sand. Like, it, it, it's something that, again, if it's a ball shape, he's going to eventually figure it out, right? Like, they're going to get it in that yeah. hoop. But it's going to take a little while to understand change your craft, right? The driving is the same. 
but the weight of the ball might be different. The the shape of the ball might be slightly different. Now you got to adjust things and how how it travels through the air. Uh, throwing a football with no laces, right? Or throwing a football that's a different shape. Throwing a football that might be a square. I don't know. It, it's it's a big enough difference that you're like, hey, you could probably go out there and play the game, not all star level, but you could play the game, right? Not until you yeah. figure out how to actually get it. How are we going to change the hoop size? Something like that. It, it's it's something that is 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 a, a, an adjustment to your craft. Um, and again, by the end of the weekend, we we got better every 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 lap. Um, you know, race one, our, our overall pace. We have we have uh, data that puts together kind of every car what their overall pace was every lap of the race. So over two hundred and fifty laps or whatever it was, you know, our pace was twelfth. Uh, so like realistically. Over all the laps, we were about 12th quickest overall. So, like, that that wasn't too bad. We got trapped two laps down under a yellow. That's that's where these races really bite you. When you get trapped under yellow, and I came out right behind Joseph Newgarden, which is the leader, and we had already pitted, it, it's just a bad luck type scenario. So, we go an extra lap down. So, instead of working forward, you know, we had a tough first stint bad yellow everything was just kind of unlucky so chalk that up for what it was felt good in the race though felt like we could our tires very late in the stint were also very good which is encouraging um because i've struggled the last couple years there with tire wear as we saw you know we saw the 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 the, the team that i was previously driving for they they had a, a struggle with tire wear as well a lot of teams struggle with tire wear um but uh but it was it it was just such a different feel, and I and I just want to relate, you know, re- relate to people. This is not this is not an easy game when you're trying to compete at the 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 top level. I I think we had a great run by the end of Sunday, um, but try to re-engineer a car to a new driver with one practice session where we had two sets of tires. You know what I mean? That is so difficult to do. And coming from a four-year situation where I was so used to something else or two, three-year situation where I was so used to trying to get a different a different part of my driving style to work and now kind of shifting my driving style as well, which is, again, this is the stuff that's ingrained into your soul. Like your driving style, how you feel the car, you literally feel it through every fiber in your body. And when you have to change that, and you have to go out there in almost no time and and adjust and be like, hey, we got to do this a little bit differently, or like you're gonna feel something entirely different. That's a that's a wild deal. Um, so I, I I think it was fascinating to see race one, uh, how good the Penske cars were. Um, you know, for us, we were confident knowing that we could make race two even better. And race two, we started up up further. We had a good start. Uh, fell a little bit off in the middle of the stint one, but then again, came back and late in the stint. Our tire wear was great as the longer we kept running, we kept getting faster. Um, but again, had one issue, which was a bit sad. We had a, a bit of a, a left rear wheel nut. Uh, we had one pit stop where we uh, where we had an issue and we had to go all the way back to the back again, uh, which again is really hard. Uh, no one's, I mean, this is, again, this is part of racing. So like this thing's happened, like our guys in the pits were unbelievable. So good. But these things do happen, right? Stuff can fly off, stuff can happen. Um, and we were a little bit of a victim of that. So we had to work our way back. We had to go from basically the back to the midfield again. 
And and we were able to do that. We worked our way into a position to where the last stint, if it had gone green all the way to the end, we were catching like 13th place, 14th place, 15th. We were catching an entire pack of cars that we were way faster than. But then it went yellow, right? And so then it bunches up everyone into a final restart, which is just nuts. Everyone's blocking everyone. It's a complete disaster. And I had a great battle with Elio, my teammate. And you, when you finish alongside your teammate uh, in a new situation, um, I, I felt good about that. And I think the team felt good about that because, again, two solid races, no mistakes. We got some points for them. We beat cars that we needed to beat for the leader circle stuff. So those guys were happy. Um, but just a, a very fascinating weekend when it comes to tire wear and just the complete shift in, 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 as, in what I felt as a driver. Um, but, but to feel how much potential was there is very, very exciting. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Speaking of tires, did have you cleaned your pants yet from the oh uh, man rollup situation that we had the, another flying tire uh, through the middle of the racetrack? Yeah, I don't know what it is, but my goodness gracious, I tell you what, I I gotta avoid these tires. These, <laughs> I mean, there were several incidents that almost caused me to crash. We had race race one right at the end. Um, myself and the the twenty car uh, had a bit of a coming together, which uh, there was some post-race debriefs, uh, post-race videos that that went on the internet about our conversation uh, post-race. I almost ended up in the wall there and then almost ended up with a tire Sunday um, directly in my lap. So that was not fun, both of those situations. Um, but yeah, man, crazy to see that tire. I don't know how we didn't go yellow quicker. I feel like Yellow's we should have been yellow as soon as that car was limping back to the pits. Um so I think there's definitely going to be some questions uh, about that. But, uh, yeah, just happened to yank the wheel left. I saw it. This this time I saw it. Indy, two years ago, never saw the tire. We basically oh, came, yeah. oh, came yeah. from the yeah. sky like an alien. But this one I was like, oh, no. And for one second, because these cars are so on edge, too, you can't, like, just turn them. Right. If you turn them, you spin sometimes. And I knew I had a McLaren. I, th- I don't know if it was Rossi or, or Rosenquist, but – Basically just tried to get on the brakes and yanked the wheel left just at the last second. I I was looking at the onboard video. I must have missed it by six inches. But just and I'm actually blown away that whoever was to my outside also missed it. So kudos to both of us. I don't know if it was Rossi or Rosenquist, but that was a crazy one. Would, yeah. I mean, kudos to all of you really. I mean, uh, Joe knew Rossi, you. I mean, they were so was dangerous, whole, man. Yeah. Like <laughs> there was a whole pack that somehow was able to dodge that. Thank God. But yeah, definitely. I had a few texts, you know, getting getting shades, the flashback of the 2021 Indy 500. Oh, uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, all right, man. Do you want to get into uh, Milk Dog Yikes? Yeah, we can probably get right into some segments here and, and, and that'll get us more, uh, just more talk about the weekend. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let, let's get it going. If you want, would you like to, 
like to lead us off. We should get an intro song for this too. We got to get an intro song for our for our segments here. Ben, we should work on intro segments. I'll 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 go first if you want. I will Yeah, um, hit it up. I will go first. I'll give the milk out to someone. Um I think this this situation um obviously you could have given it to Joseph Newgarden, but I that that seems not fair. Like he was going to win no matter what anyway as soon as they outqualified everyone by about 3 tenths on an oval. That's just that's actually like that's absurd. That's like hey Something's going on here, but they're not cheating. They're just Team Pensy. They're elite. Uh, sometimes they just make it happen. Uh, so I'm actually going to give the milk to David Malukas. David Malukas had a great qualifying effort. He had a solid a couple races uh, in the top 10 on uh, on Sunday. David Malukas did a great job, I think. Um, and, you know, for for that team right now as well, good effort. So David Malukas for me um, gets the milk this weekend. I think good, good young show, good showing for the young man, and uh, got to respect that effort from a you know from a from a smaller team on a short oval that you got to make sure you got enough grip. For sure, um, I'm gonna just you know it, it, it's easy, but I'm gonna <laughs> go the entirety of Team Penske gets the milk because yes, I think you go pole at both races you go one two and five in the first race and then you go one again in the second race um yeah i mean that's about as milky as milk can get right there so the entire pinsky <laughs> uh you're dousing yourself after this whole weekend an absolute dousing you're exactly right um i think for the uh who's got that dog in him segment who's got that dog and again Appreciate the 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 feedback on this segment. Saw a lot of people on the Twitter sphere enjoyed this segment, and and people told me uh, a lot of people wearing shirts at Iowa too, Speed Street shirts. Um, oh yeah, who's got that dog in them for for this event? I believe, I think Callum Eilat. I I think Callum Eilat for me, uh, again, not an oval guy. We could have even used our guest Augustine Canabino for this one, uh, yep. but Callum Eilat again, no mistakes. Two solid finishes. You have to realize how hard it is for a team like that who doesn't have a ton of oval uh, experience, um, you know, to, to to go out there and compete uh, like they did. Both both days they were solid. Um, so Callum Ila gets the gets that dog in him. He's he's got that dog in him for for this uh, for this for this weekend. And kudos to the Yunkos team. They're they're part of that as well. Yeah, I'm going to go with race two here. I'm going to go with the dog, give it to Fro. Uh, Felix Rosenquist, I know he wasn't happy yes. with the fourth, fourth place finish, but I believe he's, let's see here. Yeah, he started 16th. Oh, yeah, he started uh, by me. Yeah, he started 16th, and, and he led two laps, and for a little bit there, it was like, here comes Felix Rosenquist. Um, and he finished fourth and, and uh, certainly had the car look like to um, be up there on the podium, could have won the race. Uh, there was one, I forget what lap it was or what the situation was, but I, I, I remember he was trying to set up Joseph to, to make a pass, to make a move. Oh, yeah. Um, and he, he, he basically just, got forced wide. Like that was actually a bit of a, I mean, that was a bit of a yikes move for me. I, I, I didn't, Felix just trying to pull a move and, and you can easily, as the guy who's inside, basically what Ryan Hunter Ray did to me on Saturday that's what got done to Felix on uh, on Sunday when he tried to pass um, pass Joseph. So right. that, that was a tough one. 
it just wasn't wasn't the right time. Uh, but still, 16th and 4th, leading laps. Put yourself up there on race two. Uh, I'll give the dog to Felix Rosenquist this weekend. There you go. I um, the 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 Yikes Award. I, I this is a really tough one for me. I um because I could easily go one way, but it, it it's something that I might not. You know, I I, I should avoid saying, um, and I think our listeners will probably know. Um, but. <laughs> And I don't want to repeat another one too. That's a tough one. Um, but there was a couple. There was a couple guys that probably were on the yikes bandwagon. And maybe Joey, maybe this is on your list. Maybe you could you could say it. But I'm gonna go with Stingray Bob. Stingray Bob. Uh, he hasn't been on the yikes list yet. But Stingray, uh, not anything against him. Uh, and again, not his fault that his tire fell off. Uh, I might just narrow this down to Stingray's tire. We'll give Stingray's tire the right. yikes. Yeah. But again, tough, tough weekend for him. Again, didn't make mistakes, wasn't in the wall. That's good. Uh, probably learned a lot. Um, but uh, you know, David Malukas having a great weekend. Uh, you know, just just hope hoping for more from Stingray. So and Stingray's tire in specific gets the major yikes here. Sure. Yeah, I think I think just because it's kind of funny at this point, it's just become a little bit of a running gag. But my wife, my yikes is just going to go to Benjamin Peterson. Okay, again. Okay, wow. you went there. All right. <laughs> I was still thinking there could be a couple others, but <laughs> yeah, no, baby. But yeah. at this point, it's like three weeks in a row, and so uh, yeah, it's what in uh, the television day for biz. That's what we call a, a, a running gag, folks. And uh, so I'm going to stick with it. And uh, you know what? We're just gonna listen. I don't have anything personally against Benjamin no, Peterson. No, no, this is not We're a personal gonna... vendetta. This is not a personal no. vendetta. I hope to have Benjamin Peterson on this show. I, I think we will. We will definitely interview him at some point. Great family. Yeah. Great. It's just, great guy. Let's, Been a tough know, time. Let's drive your way off the yikes wagon. You know, he's going to get let's, there. Let's drive it up well, to the dog. Also, that that team does have to help. And I think um, the driver. I, I did notice that. You know. Even I'm not as I'm not a big fan of Santino. Those guys were both struck. They were they were sliding around a little bit. Um, yeah. But Benjamin definitely. That is I I have actually been in that situation before. I I actually legitimately had to park my car my rookie year at Iowa. We were not fast enough to compete in 2016. Um, so I, I know that feeling. Like we we literally could not keep up with we we were we were so bad. We were so slow, struggling so much with grip in 2016 that we legitimately couldn't finish the race. So I I do understand that feeling. And again, this is this is not purely on the driver. This is a team effort. As we've tried to say for a long time, this is not a spec series. This is a series that is really tough. Each team has a lot of differences. Um, but uh, yeah, there was another couple situations uh, that I don't know if I should post these videos, but... Um, I pretty much got ran into the wall by my by my uh, by the twenty car uh, on Saturday, and uh, you know uh, Ryan and I had had quite a conversation after the race. Uh, yeah, oh, that you know, probably not his fault. He he, he said there was there was and I found out there was a spotter miscommunication changing the battery in the radio. And Packy, his spotter my, was my spotter for a long time. I love Packy. No no, have a lot of faith and trust in him. Uh, but Ryan was struggling. So uh, as someone who is struggling. Uh, that, that was, that was tough. Um, 
but I was very upset by it because of the the uh, the irony there. Uh, and I'm sure again, there's no on purpose. I even chatted with Ed Carpenter uh, Sunday before the race because he was just behind us when it happened too. It was not great. Uh, gathered it up. Um, but then I have a great video of that and a great video of the move I made the next day when it looked like the same thing was happening. So I, I'm still a little bit, I'm still a little bit like, mm, eh, probably, eh, I, I might just post the videos and let the people decide what it what it looks like. Um, sure. But either way, it, a lot of a lot of a lot of things went on over the weekend. So uh, you know that that's kind of our our milk dog yikes segment. Um, I know we didn't talk about the podium. I thought we were going to do it. So I might no, just no, list no, mine. No, if you, if you have it, I'll, I I could get something for sure. I got, I got a podium because I think there are some funny things to talk about. And, and again, you might, you can probably play off this too, Joey, but, um, we'll go right into the weekend podium for me. P3 was Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood was on nice. our car, which was very cool. And she, she got to, me she got to come by and and hang out with us she was super nice great great person she sort of looked like she had no idea what she was doing there like there was a little bit like oh this is kind of random like i'm just on this race car like that's cool um <laughs> but i think celebrities that are that famous for sure have that look on their face sometimes if they're not if they're in situations where they don't fully know what's going on um so that was interesting uh, but really cool to meet her. She was super nice to everyone. She took photos with some of my crew guys. She took photos of me and Amy, my girlfriend, and uh, really appreciated her. And she tweeted about it. She put, put us on the Instagram, tagged us in Twitter, tagged us on Facebook. Nice. Big social media get for uh, for for my camp. So, uh, yeah, so pretty solid there. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Ben, um, do you want to go? Or Joey, do you want to go with a P3? Yeah, I got a P3. Uh, P3 for me is this brewery we went to in Traverse City, and, and it was on this kayak tour, all right? And we're doing this kayak tour and this bachelor party, and so it was almost like a pickle bar, but with a kayaks. kayak so, tour. I, that sounds great. Yeah, no, so it was, it was fun. And, like, what you do is you'd hop off, and you'd go to, like, a different brewery along the little kayak tour in Traverse City. And one of these places we went, I was trying to look for the name of it right now, but it was this brewery that had a Indianapolis uh, Indy 500 pinball uh, machine, oh. an Indy 500 game, and then one of their beers was named Will Power. It was a Will oh. Power beer. I now, love that. What's interesting though is you know we're walking around and I see the Indy 500 machine, so I'm like, oh, and I go up to the bar and I see you know they got all these different names of these different wild brews that they come up with. And one is literally, like you said, it's 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 spelled just like it. Like, it's like a Will space capital P power. So I'm like, oh, holy <laughs> shit, this is like an Indy 500 or like an Indy car bar. This, is, this yeah. is great. When I went up and I was like, I'll have a Will power, please. And I was like, now you have an Indy 500 machine. You have a beer named Will power. What's <laughs> the tide? Has the owner love like the Indy 500 or what? And they're like, oh, at least the bartender was like, oh, um, I don't even know. No, I don't even know. Like, it's, I think it's just like willpower. Like, somebody has somebody has willpower. And I was like, oh, okay, darn. You you say willpower. I say willpower. And uh, still, <laughs> at the same time, a little bit of an Indy 500 theme going on at one of the breweries. And uh, the beer was pretty good. And it was, it was nice to have that tie-in. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I love that. I love that. Ben, do you have a, uh, did you have a podium prepared or have anything at all that was going on? I do have a list. Uh, For number three, um, a mixture between... Drivers not being afraid to let some curses fly at Pocono and also all the video editors in NASCAR that have to bleep out said curses when they post the social media clips. If you, <laughs> any of you guys caught what happened during the cup race on Sunday? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I think through the weekend we had Parker Kligerman and Carson Host of our beefing after the truck race. We yes. had Joey Logano having some choice words with a track worker after he got wrecked and couldn't move his car. We had Ryan Priest and Corey LaJoy. Having some words afterwards, lots of beeps flying, and then Larson's post race interview had an S bomb. So, oh yeah, um, shout out drivers being unfiltered, and shout out all the video editors that have to um, get out the old bleep uh, this past weekend. Yeah, there was a lot of that. I uh, I witnessed uh, several video clips where it was pretty much only bleeps. So uh, credit to NASCAR for getting that out of everyone again. <laughs> I gotta respect that. Um, all right, I will move on to uh, P two on my list, and this is kind of a futuristic uh futuristic item anyone who can discover how to beat team penske at iowa uh that is going that is my p2 trophy is going to anyone who can beat team penske at iowa uh we've got to find what they've got we've got to find the the answer um so a future p2 trophy is going to whoever uh in the future can beat uh joseph newgarden at iowa um i would like it to be me uh, but what he can do with that car with ease is um, just honestly mind-blowing. And then, I, yeah, there's something going on there. We're going to find it. we got a lot of smart people. We're going we're gonna to figure it out. But it's uh, kudos to them for being extremely elite. <laughs> no doubt, man. The, the elite of the elite that we oh, yeah. see Penske. Uh, my second place just goes to the names that were drawn out to Iowa. I mean, you mentioned oh, your, yeah. this, Connor, but I mean, Carrie Underwood, Zach Brown, Ed Sheeran. Um, I know there's someone else that I'm missing, but Luke Bryan. Uh, no, not Luke Bryan. Uh, the, you had Zach Brown, you had Carrie Underwood, you had Ed Sheeran, uh, and then uh, Kenny Chesney. Kenny Chesney, I think, oh, right? Thanks. Yeah, I wasn't that Kenny yeah, Chesney? There we go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, those are huge, huge gets in the world of entertainment and music. Um, and so, you know, I saw some stuff online and on Twitter about how, like, you know, this is kind of Iowa as a format for IndyCar to follow to get up to that Formula One party hype hey. level. Um, and they've done it two years in a row now, whether it's just, you know, High V, you know, you had David Letterman going into the High V store and doing a bit there. Yeah, that was hilarious. That was great. Um, and then he had all those news performing and being at the race and interacting and every doing, you know, all the stuff that they did, the meet and greets, the pictures with the not only the drivers, but then performing with the fans. Um, that I yeah, I mean, that has to be the format that was big time. And I think How did it, the crowd look via TV? How did the crowd look on TV? I'm just curious. Crowd crowd looked good. 
Um, with packed, uh, I do know that there was a heavy emphasis on like the Hy-Vee sweets, right? And those were covered. <laughs> oh yeah. So uh, you know, I didn't really get to see a whole lot in there, but it did look. I like think it a was interesting one. for for us. A lot of us, like I think the fans, I, I, if they were hiding from the heat, I'm not really sure. But for us, at, at dri- for us at driver intros, like when we take the little lap around in the van, I was a little concerned with the crowd. I was like, I didn't see many people like we, we, i was a little concerned but again when we like we don't look at the crowd while we're racing so I, I, it's hard to really say but it did look like from the photos that it did fill up so i, I think there's when i talked to some of the folks at hy V, they, they had sold more tickets than last year but they'd also added a lot more seats right so they added those big uh sweet type deals um which is great but uh i i i would just be curious to see what people thought of it again for the price of a ticket if you're trying to compare it, and I know some people got mad at a price of a ticket, but you're getting so much for that ticket. Like it, it, it was for for a, a weekend ticket. Looking at that price, to see the 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 musical entertainment that you got, and to see how much concert tickets in general are costing right now. Yep, there's no argument to you know to actually the, the worth of what you get. So so kudos to High V. Um, I mean, again, I think they put on an an absolutely outstanding event, uh, and, and it showed because of um, you know the artists. I mean, I, I think they had a lot of positive response. I heard Ed Sheeran was having the time of his life, being the waving the green flag, um, and and being there a Sunday night after the race. I didn't get to see it because I had to get home. Um, but yeah, kudos to High V uh, for for getting that. Um, P1 on the TV, well, P, P1 for me is TV ratings. I got right out the gate. I, I We, we wanted Same. to talk about this more. P1 on the podium is TV ratings. I mean, goodness gracious. When I saw the first tweet about it, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was from a parody account because, again, I'm, I'm ambitious when I think about the TV ratings, but I know from seeing last year's Iowa ratings and you know from maybe a Saturday, oh, people might not watch Saturday because they're not really aware of it or, and – and I don't know what it was. I would love for us as like a series to like scientifically study how did we manage to get over a million both days? Because that's a big get for us. Like on NBC, that's great. But when you look at our any other race weekend other than the 500, like, man, if we get a million, that's great. And there's been a couple races now, a few races now that have got that. And to get that for two races in a row on a weekend, Network NBC, I mean, that, that that's a big get. So uh, kudos to Pensy Entertainment, kudos to Hy-Vee, kudos to everyone that that, that helped, uh, you know, promote it. Um, I, I just I, I just think that was a that was a that was major. Like there was something like it was up thirty nine percent or forty one percent. I mean, that's that's enormous in the TV ratings game. So uh, and yep. especially coming off the last race which was on peacock which obviously is going to get less like we know like peacock i think there's a lot of peacock subscribers and i'm a peacock guy i think that's great to be able to watch the race but it's clearly not going to get as many viewers as being on natural television like network television yet so i thought that was a huge get for us it just is just a big big number both days um that can only mean good things for us in the future i hope Yep, no doubt, man. I mean, that's I I feel like it's kind of to be all of ours number ones. It definitely is mine. Um, 
because it just yeah, I think it, it signifies just can, uh, continued growth, like you said, and and, and it, that investment that Pinsky Entertainment and I know that IndyCar has made uh, with promotion and marketing and and listening to people like us and fans about hey, we're trying to pump this up, we're trying to get this you know IndyCar to be cool and be like you know on the yeah. same breath and page as Formula One. Um, and so when you look at that in the dead of summer. Uh, for an exciting track like Iowa, back-to-back days. I mean, can't say enough about it, man. It's it's really awesome. Yeah, well and done. Ben, I, I believe I have to let you give number two and number one. Did I miss your number two? Yeah, it's <laughs> all good. I went already I had, went up past it. It's okay. I had the TV ratings uh, as my number one, so there it's you okay. go. But, but jumping one step down, um, this was kind of funny. F1 had a, this, you know, kind of a switch from Iowa. F1 had Lewis on pole, so that was really cool to see. That was big, um, yes. Podium didn't really shake out that um, same kind of drama, but Lando Norris breaking Max Verstappen's forty-five thousand dollars trophy, I thought was hilarious with his champagne like smash that people started doing. I think that I don't was know, great. Started that, yeah. But um, according to a Hungarian journalist, I'm not going to even try to pronounce don't even his try. name. Yeah, yeah, well, not even I- to try. <laughs> so it was handmade over six months. And it cost just under forty five thousand dollars. So yeah, that was hilarious. That video was yeah. awesome. Um, yes, that's become big. I actually that that champagne slam. I actually believe that started that started with Antonio Felix DaCosta, who is a who is a friend of the show. He was a big champagne slam on the ground guy to get that sucker going. Um, and then a lot of other drivers kind of went for it. I even did it at the Lamborghini World Finals, and I like scared the crap out of some people on the podium because I was like. Boom and let's just go and and they were like what the heck is going on here but it was a, it's a great champagne spray so um that was hilarious and, and again they can get that remade Max has so many trophies now anyway he probably won't even look at he probably won't even find this one it's uh you know he's he's got so many trophies so that was good that was good that was good that was good that was a good podium overall for everyone I think wait a minute get out Ben uh, all right should we get into the man end of the show here man of the hour Arson Canapino. Absolutely, let's get to it. Gran Turismo, based on a true story, is a movie about a team of unlikely underdogs, a struggling working-class gamer, a failed former race car driver, and an idealistic motorsport executive. Together, they risk it all to take on the most elite sport in the world. Directed by Neil Blumkamp, the movie features an incredible cast led by David Harbour, alongside Orlando Bloom, Jaimon Hansu, Jerry Hallowell Horner, and Archie Madakwi as Yan Martinborough. Some of the most famous racing competitions in the world are recreated through the use of actual Nissan GTs, drones, and practical effects. The racing sequences are so realistic that the real-life Yan Martinborough himself actually served as a stunt driver for the film. This is a movie that needs to be seen on the big screen. Gran Turismo, based on a true story, is exclusively in movie theaters this August 11th. Get your tickets today, rated PG-13. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as we mentioned, we have a uh, a very talented guest, a very special guest uh, this week, a guest that I did not know until this year, uh, a guest that is a apparent superhero in the land of Argentina, um, a man who in Instagram comments has been compared to Messi, uh, which is <laughs> awesome. Um, so Augustine Canapino, thank you so much for being here. Uh, how are you doing, my friend, after Iowa? How are you feeling? Hello, Gunnar. Hello. Thank you for 
for this opportunity. I'm really happy to be here with you. Always, honestly, I watch these postcards many times, so I'm happy to be here. Nice. Uh, <laughs> at the beginning of the year, I didn't understand nothing, but now I'm starting to understand a little bit more. So honestly, after Iowa, I feel like uh, my phone is broken because the car <laughs> on Sunday was flying, flying. I overtook uh, almost, I don't know how many cars overtook. So we did a, a good battle too in one moment of the race, but my car yeah. was much, much better. And um, for example, after my, my crash, I overtook Rosenbis and I am catching Palu and they finished it. Uh, third and fourth. So it, for me, it's a uh, shit. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't use this opportunity to, to show how I can do. Uh, it was my second race in the same track. And I learned a lot between the Saturday on Sunday. I improved the car. I, I learned a lot about my first race there and the car was flying, flying. And so, uh, it's what it is. I, I went to buy on turn one, I touch the the marbles and go to the wall. But that's part of the experience, right? Like you haven't done this before. This is a very difficult, like IndyCar racing on a short oval. And first of all, two races, like physically, that's very difficult as well. Like two races and for a team like Junkos as well, which is still new to the series, what both of you guys did, because both you and Callum, I would say, had very, like, were, were pretty good both days, like decent finishes. And then you, for sure, on Sunday, had something very fast. But again, going up in the marbles, that's part of learning. Like, like that happens. It's very, you're, you're on this small, small line of, of in control and then out of control. But tell people, I guess, how how difficult that was to learn well first of all you got through the first race and then you're tired and you have to go racing again race two and try to make it even better yes it's honestly this is the big big part for me the, the physical situation because indicar is though you know is extremely demanding and for me i never felt this force before for example after um yes after my my first test on Barber, honestly, I finished it dead after my first <laughs> day on Barber. So like with nauseas, with with a, a big pain on um, around all of my body because I never felt that. Now I'm much better and I'm training a lot every day. And of course, after uh, six months on the car, in the car, my body is other body and I'm much, I feel much better, but I'm still in progress. But definitely the problem in Iowa was is my is it was my first time on the high line on the Uva. Yeah, it's a, it's the first time I tried to go on the outside. And you like oh it? Do you like, I like it? it because yeah. the grips are there, but yeah. it's already difficult. <laughs> and I I I forgot the marbles because the only situation I you didn't didn't see the first parts of the marbles, and and I know that now. But I didn't know before, and this is the reason when I I, I tried to overtake uh, Alex Palou, and I went a little bit wide to try to go more faster on the high line, and I didn't know what happened. So, whoa, what happened here? And yeah. go to the marbles and go to the wall. 
Oh, it's a big shame, but anyway, uh, as you say, this is my first time. First time on the outside line of the ovals. And everything went well, and one moment to other, a little, little big, little big mistake, and your race is finished. So it's really, really difficult. Augustine, what's been the most difficult transition for you, whether it be on the track or off the track, just being in America? Uh, what, what has been uh, the most difficult transition for you just being here? Uh, at the beginning, the language, because yeah. honestly, I didn't understand nothing, zero. <laughs> on January, when I come, I didn't understand nothing. But I think the, the, the life here is really different. So in my country, Everything is different. So it's a huge, huge difference. Uh, unfortunately, now in my country, we have a really bad situation about the social and economic situation, unfortunately. And it's not easy like there. For example, we have uh, this year more than 100% of inflation. So, yeah. and, and it's a really big chaos there. And, but here, I'm, I'm really happy because here you live really really calm, really quiet uh, <laughs> about the security, about the situation on the on the life day by day. It's totally different. And uh, of course, uh, I miss a lot my friends, my family, my my hometown, the, the, of the, the public too, the people. But I am living like a new life, totally different. I have to go to another step about the professional situation of driver. So I have to train much more i have to focus m much more on my on my job because indycar is indycar and it's, it's a new life in my i i didn't expect that at my 33 years old honestly but i am here uh, doing my best and i'm doing a lot because i am in the one of the best categories in the world it's it's great to hear you say that because I don't think people realize how difficult it is, this job as a whole, the job of, you know, being the professional racing driver, being the best driver you can be is very challenging, right? But you have to have everything else. So you have to come here and you have to learn English right away, like very quick. You have to physically get yourself ready because to compete at the highest level, it's an it's a every day is your job. You know what I mean? Every day you're working at something else. You're working on understanding this car, working on the language, working on, but you, you learn English, I think faster than I've seen anyone learn English and you're Excellent. doing great. Like you told me before this interview is like, oh, my English isn't very good, but it's like, I think it's going great. You know what I mean? But <laughs> Was this always a dream of yours to come to IndyCar? Because you were very successful in Argentina, extremely successful. But but did you ever really think that this was a possibility to, to get to the Indy 500, to get to competing in IndyCar full-time? And I assume that you'll be doing it more because I think you've definitely done, you know, proven yourself this year already. Honestly, I never, never imagined that. So for me, be here is like a, massive dream come true it's too much because in argentina we are really really far from this war for you it's normal uh, for american it's normal <laughs> indica is normal but for us it's wow indica so it's another <laughs> war it's too too far so we live in another situation in all of us uh, of things 
And I, I never imagined. So honestly, when Ricardo told me about the possibility, I think, man, you are, <laughs> you are okay. Is you really <laughs> true? I can do that. So honestly, I never thought I can do that because it's another war, another cars. I never drove in my life an open wheel car. I am a 100% touring car driver. So, but I, I won many, many championships there and Ricardo know me. And uh, when I, I come here to race on Daytona 24 hours, everything started there. And Ricardo, Ricardo saw how I can do on the car. Me too, because I never drove a high performance car with fiber carbon brakes, high downforce and everything. Uh, everything started there and he wants to me, uh, to make me an opportunity to, to drive an Indy car, car. Uh, so everything's happened really fast to one day to other. For example, I had my contracts with my teams in Argentina, everything signed, everything ready to do this year, like always. And one day to other, I had to call with them, my previous team over and say, uh, Gustavo, Gustavo, sorry, but I have this opportunity and I can't, <laughs> Uh, I, I have to take it because it's my, oh, yeah. it's my big dream. And Gustavo tell me, of course, I would think go there and good luck. And I am here, but again, so at the beginning, uh, it was really tough. My first laps on IndyCar, I did four laps, my first test, and I can't breathe, honestly. <laughs> so, and, yeah. and I think what I have to do here, so everything is massive, massive. And now I feel much better. I did a really good job on Detroit and Toronto, uh, battling for a top 10, finish at P12, just become the top teams. Iowa on Sunday, extremely well. And I'm really happy because I, uh, I did a really, really big sacrifice, a big, big effort. And I risked a lot, honestly. I risked a lot about my career, about my, my life. But now I see, okay, maybe I can do well. So I am working much harder than ever to try to, to, to take this opportunity. What's been your favorite track, your favorite, uh, city or town that you raced in and here in IndyCar? Nah, Indy, Indy yeah. without doubt. Yeah. I love Indy. it. Nice. That experience. Yeah. I, you, I mean, you, got, you, you, you wore the Argentinian colors. You wore, you had a beautiful car for that race. I mean, that experience must've been. I mean, Joey and I, we, we love the Indy 500, obviously. We're Indiana guys, but that must have been an amazing experience. I mean, you had those, like that little World Cup trophy going out there. Yeah. I mean, that that must have been amazing. We are really proud about my, our World Cup. Oh, yeah. Because in, <laughs> in Argentina, we are really fanatics of the soccer. We have Messi, the best player in the world. Messi now is playing here in America. Oh, yeah. Big Miami you, guy. Man. Yeah. Big yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. And of no. course, for us, it's a big proud. And it's a really, so this is a, one important thing. We are suffering a lot on our country for the situation of the society, society and the economy. And this World Cup is a really, really uh, big moment for the people. The people are happy yeah. with the soccer because are really angry and sad with the life. So it, it was a really good situation about the, the society there in Argentina. It's a morale boost. It it, it brings everyone yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. At least at least one happy situation in in the middle of of a big chaos. So, it, 
Now, ladies. what 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 can we do? We've got the connection. I mean, Messi followed you here to America, so can we get Messi to the Indy 500 in 2024 and work on the <laughs> Why not? Why not? I don't know. Yeah. He's a really busy man, but <laughs> I... I, I have a good relationship with Kun Agüero. I don't know if you know Kun Agüero. He's a really famous player, soccer. He played on, on England and on the national team too. Uh, he's a really good friend from Messi. But Messi probably is the, now is the most famous man in the world. And he's oh, the yeah. most famous <laughs> sport man in the world. So it's not easy. Uh, he's a really, he looks, I never met him. But he looks a really good man. He's really good, and he's really humble too. That would be awesome. <laughs> I um, I want to go back a little bit to the to the the team, Yunkos Racing. I, I know Ricardo. I've known Ricardo since I was I was a young a young kid racing. Uh, you know, I, I I got to win a championship for him. I got to spend a lot of time with his family. Uh, but I also worked with a lot of those guys at your team now because a lot of them came from Carlin when Carlin was in the IndyCar program. There's a lot of really good people there. Can you see how much they have done, how much work they have done technically to help make these cars better? Because, again, it's the small things that matter. Like when you have the car that you had on Saturday and then, boom, you had a, an even better car Sunday, it helps you as a driver to just do everything possible to go be even better and faster. And do you see a massive gain in where you guys started the year to where you are now? Yeah, definitely. So for a team, it was a big challenge because it's not easy to go to one car to a second car in this yes. category. It's a massive change, especially in a new, really new team. So I think the team are doing an extremely good job, extremely good job because and of course, Ricardo has a big budget about the money, of course, and it's not easy to compete with Penske, Ganassi, uh, McLaren, or Rahal. So, for example, everybody are really good teams, big teams with a lot of people, a lot of budgets. And honestly, Ricardo are doing a really, really good job, the world team. Uh, we are in we're uh, improving a lot and honestly the car on the ovals uh, looks like the best place for the uh, Junkos car for example my first time ever in Texas I finished as P12 and first moment on the Great. race I was bothering with the Ericsson my yeah. first time <laughs> ever but it's for the car the car was amazing um, now in Iowa, the, in Iowa the same so for Sunday one thing I learned is I started to go more on the limit on the car. Mm. I started to feel more the rear, more loose, and I went faster and faster and faster. And it's, of course, this limit, you know, is really tricky to find. But there is the, the speed when you feel the car on the limit of the loose. And this happened on Sunday. I went to go uh, more of a steel car and much faster. On the warm up, my car was yeah. flying, and on the race, massive flight so uh, I I learned a lot that I started to understand what I need to have on the car to go faster and the team are doing a really good job with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I love that. There's been a lot of talk about an IndyCar race in Argentina. What would that be like for you? What would a, what would an IndyCar race down there in your homeland uh, be like? So, which is the question about the... Well, I want to know from your perspective, you know, if you were going down there to race uh, yeah. back in Argentina for your sake, how that would be as a homecoming, and then just in general um, for the fans down there, the, your country, what what could we as Americans going down there, uh, you know, expect for a race in Argentina? No, if the IndyCar goes to Argentina, I am pretty sure it would be a massive, massive event. Uh, of course, if it's I, I am racing in this race, no. <laughs> but I think it will be a massive, massive event because the fans uh, in Argentina are massive. They love motorsports. They oh, love yeah. uh, the race cars. And I, I have uh, uh, luckily I have a lot of fans there too. Yeah. So I think it will be massive. Honestly, uh, I think it will be. Really great. For example, we we did the last year of Buenos Aires an exhibition with only one car, uh, and we have we had seventy thousand people <laughs> looking wow. on one car doing some laps. Imagine you uh, with the twenty-two, twenty-three cars. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's an exhibition or, of course, always it's better if a championship race. But it's not possible the first time. It's a, an exhibition, but everybody uh, wants to win. Always, we are oh, rivals. Yeah. We want we want to win everything, every 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 day. But I think it will be a massive, massive event, and I wish that a lot because I think uh, I think it will be. Um, I don't know. It's like a dream come true. I think I think it would be great for the series. I think it would be great for. Uh, for us as a, as a as a group of drivers as well, I I really hope it happens because again, if people did, if people listening to this didn't know, you know, the Yukos Racing Team went down to Argentina and they did just basically a couple test sessions, some some laps, and the place looked sold out. It was it was unbelievable the crowd there, and I I think the way people respond to IndyCar racing. It would just it would be huge. It would be a good thing for our series. It would be a good thing for us as drivers. I mean, I just I just commented on your Instagram post yesterday and I got like thirty people that now follow me because I commented on your post. So like a lot of people are are really care about about motor racing and the drivers and and I think that would be that would be great. So on the the rest of the season coming up, um what race do you think you're looking forward to most? Because again, it, it still feels like this. It feels like you've been around now for forever, but it's it's still your rookie year, and there are still tracks that you don't know. Uh, but what race do you think you're looking forward to most? Is it the Oval? Is it St. Louis? I love St. Louis. I think St. Louis is a great track. But is there any? Uh, is it has the, have the street courses been something that you feel like you're 
getting better at, or is it more the the road circuits like Indy GP again or Laguna Seca? What do you think you're looking forward to most? Honestly, it's happened in an opposite way because on the road courses were our last uh, our worst results. Result. Yeah, and I think the reason is the 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 main reason is for some situation our car is really really good on the ovals, not bad on the street courses, but we are we are in a not good situation on the road courses. We are struggling a lot on the road courses with Canon two. Uh, the both cars are struggling on the on this type of tracks, um, but I have the confidence the team will be a uh, 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 fix that. For for example, in the GP after after Nashville, it's a good opportunity to me because I I come again on the same track like Iowa on Sunday, so the second time race, and it's a good uh, chance for me to see okay what I can do now after one race here and after many laps here. To, to see, okay, this is my situation now on the road courses between Calum and between the other and the other guys. Uh, but I am really, I am really happy with the situation. We have at least one more oval because yeah, so far in the opposite way that I expected and everybody expected my my best uh, my my best performance was on the oval. So yeah, we see what's happening on St. Louis. I I saw many videos there. Looks really fast. Oh Looks, yeah. Looks different than Iowa, than Texas, than Indy. Looks like it's another type of football, but it looks really, really interesting. So of all the drivers so far in this series as well, of, of all of us, who who has been, who do you think has been the the best to race against? Like who is a, a good a good racing driver, like good, fair racing? And who are the drivers who are the worst to race against? Who are the most annoying drivers so far as someone coming into the series? Who do you think has been like, oh, I hate racing against those guys and like, okay, they're okay to race against. <laughs> no, I am really impressed about, honestly, the world drivers are really good. So you have here... Oh! <laughs> you have here a big, big um, uh, performance. Also, everybody is really, is really prepared. It's really ready to race on this series. The only guy I never, <laughs> the only guy is a, a weird man. It's me, I think. But everybody is really, really prepared to race here, and I'm really impressed about, for example, one of Palo. Palo is in, he, he has a really incredible year. I am a big fan of Dixon Scott. For <laughs> me, it's like a, a god because he's really complete. He's a complete driver. He's really good in a lot of things about the driver. And honestly, to name one guy, I have I had some problems on the track. Is Santino with Santino? I had yeah. some problems. <laughs> That's okay. We we can all agree on that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a we all guy. get that one. He's a good guy, but it's it, it to go racing with him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what? that's my favorite part of the interview. Honestly, I really enjoyed that part myself. <laughs> oh man, honestly, it's been it's been great to talk to you. I I um. I really hope that uh, is your deal with Ricardo. Is this just a one-year deal? Or are you in for two years? Is there? Are we? Do we know much about what the future holds yet? Uh, at the moment, it's only this year. Okay. Honestly, we are working to have another year, and honestly, did everything sacrifice everything? Oh yeah, you got to keep going. 
only for a one year. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. I, I need <laughs> at least one more year to, yeah. <laughs> to see what I for can sure. do because uh, I, I want to have another opportunity to see what is my limit, what is my my situation in this category. And of course, it's not easy, but I want to I want to battle a, a race one day. One day. So I uh, I like win. I like battle for a championship. And of course, in any car, it's, it's not easy. Now you have to to be in a really good team to do that. But this is my expectation because I want to win every every time. Absolutely. Well, you know what? I I do hope you get that chance as well, and I I hope to be racing against you again as well next year. Um, because I think you've done a great job and I think it, it, this series is very difficult and it's, it's, it's very easy to come in and, and make mistakes in new places, new tracks, especially the ovals. Um, but you've done a really great job. So I, I, I think, I think all our fan base notices that I think that's great. And, um, yeah, oh, I, I appreciate you coming on the show and, and telling us a little bit about it, even though, you know, English is not your first language so we appreciate it i think i think it went great i think i think our 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 listeners will for sure appreciate it so thank you so much <laughs> thank you thank you thank you Gordon. it's a pleasure for me thanks thank you for the interview good to meet you glad to have no you over problem. here look good time see you guys right, thank we'll you see you later yeah. man appreciate it again augustin canapino of yunko's hollinger racing uh stopping by his insight his experiences and him talking about that potential argentina race Seventy thousand people to watch a car do some laps that is more than <laughs> sold out lucas oil stadium during the regular season to watch the colts play a football game there to watch a singular car turn so that just shows you to put in perspective uh, what kind of, uh, as he said, massive event it would be if any car were to make its way down there. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely see how amazing that would be, uh, hearing about it, knowing about it, and and knowing how it how it went down when they got down there. That would be awesome. Uh, there would obviously there would obviously be a lot that goes on. I had heard that there might be like an exhibition type race, like we'd all basically how that works is a promoter um, would essentially pay for the series to come down there. So like they would all pay the expenses for us to travel for, for the series, for the teams. So it would be a lot of money, but if you could sell 70,000 tickets every day for two or three days, um, you know, they, they make that back at the snap of their fingers. So that, that's how, um, you know, there's obviously a sanctioning fee for us to get down there. So we'll see. I, um, I, I do hope, like that I can be part of the series when that happens. And if not, I would, I would still support it. So, um, pretty cool, pretty cool to hear what he said, how he's, what he's gone through, what he has to dedicate to, you know, being a race car driver. This is not an easy game. This is an everyday job. This is something that we focus on with our minds, with our bodies every single day. Um, and it is so hard to, to compete at the, you know, at, at the highest level of this sport. No doubt. Absolutely. All right. Appreciate it, Augustine. Do you want to hop into our final segment of the day? Absolutely. We'll get into the Ricky Treadway Random Indy 500 Driver of the Week. Uh, this driver comes from the 1957 Indy 500. We're going old. 1957 Indy 500 Driver. Uh, we are going to go with the 20th place finisher, Johnny Tolan. Johnny Tolan finished 20th. Uh, I don't know Johnny Tolan. 
he was born in Redondo Beach, California. Uh, won 45 midget car races in 1946. That's a lot. That is a lot. Um, he is his first Indianapolis 500 was 1951. It looks like, or that's when he tried. Uh, but his Indy 500 results looks like 56, 57, 58 were the were the races that he made. Um, and yeah, best finish looks like 13th in 1958. Uh, so yeah, Johnny Tolan. Johnny Tolan is our random Indy 500 driver of the week this week. And he was inducted into the National Midget Auto Racing Hall of Fame in 1988 because of all those wins that he stacked up there. So a nice career for old Johnny Tolan. He passed away June 6th, 1986. Also, fun fact, Joey, I don't know if you saw this under his racing career. Tolan had a ritual at each midget racing event. He would smoke a cigarette during warm-ups. So he would flip the cigarette towards the starting line on his first high-speed lap. He believed that he would have a successful night if he hit the mark. Now I have a lot more respect for Johnny Tolan. He's out here flicking cigarettes uh, at the start of his qualifying lap. So absolute American hero this guy is for sure. (laughs) A man of superstition. Johnny Tolan. Uh, apparently, he's a pretty good marksman because he had a lot of pretty good nights uh, on his, uh, his mid career. All right, Johnny Tolan, rest in peace. Perfect. This week's Ricky, the random Indy 500 driver of the week. All right, we got a weekend off from IndyCar, but next week, uh, the series heading down to the home of Joseph Newgarden. Uh, Nashville, the streets of Nashville, always a wild weekend. Um, so we'll be previewing that. Come next week as well. And, of course, Connor, Thursday night, he is uh, tomorrow night. He'll be up yes. on ESPN. He'll be on the big ESPN like Tiger Woods and his daddy. And uh, <laughs> Sarah Max for some Thursday night thunder. So it's you and Alan Bestwick, right? Absolutely. Me and Alan Bestwick up on the mic. Uh, very excited to be uh, to hold my first ESPN mic. Um, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. SRX has been great to watch. We haven't talked a ton about it. Uh, on this show yet but uh, we will definitely talk about it next week um so yeah very excited i'm, I'm doing two races on the mic uh this week and then uh the final race of the season uh august 17 um so very very excited to get up on the mic with espn and uh be sure to tune into thursday night thunder it's a great time i, I watched sports center this morning and they talked about it running ads for it so gonna be gonna be a cool one absolutely can't miss the thursday night thunder great All right, we'll kind of be on there tomorrow night or tonight, whenever you're listening to this. And uh, we will talk to you again next week on Speed Street. There's a brand new episode of Actions Detrimental with Denny Hamlin out now. Head over to see what Denny has to say and don't forget to follow the show so you won't miss an episode. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo.